Hi there and welcome. Thank you for joining our podcast from Rock Ministries Kabecha. Our prayer as a ministry is that this podcast would touch you in a way that will change your life for the better. If you want to get in touch with us or get to know us a little better, follow us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Enjoy and be blessed. Praise the name of Jesus. So beautiful to be in the house of the Lord. Well, I need to say that while I was preparing for this men's conference, I was at the same time privately pondering on the following questions. While I was preparing this. Here are the questions that were troubling me in my spirit. Why do we have so much crime, so much murder, and corruption in a country that has 75 to 80% of the population claiming to be Christians? I was just pondering on this question. We are known as a Christian country, but why so much crime, why so much murder, why so much corruption? I was asking myself those questions. The other question that troubled my spirit with so much great leadership and excellence demonstrated in our churches. Why is there so much chaos and lack of leadership in our public space? When you are in the house of God, look at the excellence that we have. Everything is functioning on time. The screens are operating. The order, the worship team, they sing so beautiful. Order and excellence in the house of God. Great leadership across the board. But why so much chaos and lack of leadership in our public space? Why can't we see this in our public hospitals? Why can't we see this in our public schools? The very same people who are exercising excellence here, why can't it be taken to our public schools or public space? I was just asking myself. As a Christian man, this is another question. How are my everyday choices contributing both positively and negatively to the South Africa I see today. When things are not going right, what is my contribution? When things are going wrong, what is it that I'm contributing or that I'm not contributing? As a man, this time, I was just asking myself, here is the most important question that I want you to ponder on tonight. If things continue the way they are, what will happen with our children's future? What kind of a world of the world will they inherit from us? If things continue as they are, what kind of a country as our children are going to inherit when we are no more? What type of a country 
are we going to leave behind as men, as families? And the question is, is there hope for our country? Is there hope for our continent? I may not have answers tonight to these questions, but I know that God does. Under the theme, maximizing your manhood, my subtopic tonight simply says changing the course of history. Changing the course of history. That is what I want to talk about tonight. Listen to me in this sermon. We will look, we look at few biblical male characters who changed the course of history. These are the men who refused, listen to me, these are the men who refused to allow things to remain the same or to remain as they were planned. From these male characters in the Bible, we will draw a few lessons we can use to change the course of our events. If time allows us tonight, we'll also look at one or two female characters who changed the course of history just to accommodate the women who are here tonight. Maybe I'll take one character, but remember our focus is for men tonight who have changed the course of history. If you are writing down, please, write this statement down. Father, in the name of Jesus, speak to us. It cannot be business as usual. It cannot be another service as usual. It cannot be another men's conference as usual. These people tonight, Lord, they are here, survived COVID for a reason. Every service after COVID, it is not going to be an ordinary service. Many wanted to be here tonight, but they are not here because you have allowed us to be here and we are here for a reason. It cannot be business as usual. We refuse that in the name of Jesus. If you are writing down, write this statement down, please. History is history today because there were people in the past who challenged the status quo of the day. Did you hear what I said? I said history is history today because there were people yesterday, people in the past who challenged the status quo of the day. Or should I put it this way? History is a sum total of things that could have been avoided. The question that I want to ask tonight, how did we arrive where we are? You look around, you need to ask yourself, you know, kids who are 17 years, now they've become sangumas. 
all over. Last Sunday I was watching, I'm a bishop, I want to advise you, don't watch that nonsense. Don't watch that rubbish. Don't watch that thing which it has the, the agenda of the devil. I was asking myself, a pastor who becomes a pastor and he's a sangoma at the same time. They want powers so that they can stand before people and preach. He says they come to me to get powers. And I'm asking myself, How did we arrive here? As the body of Christ. Get him in a way. History is the sum total of things that could have been avoided. I know we always say everything rises and falls on leadership but I am here tonight to declare that everything rises and falls on men when men are not in their rightful position there will be a mess in the city there will be a mess in the country there will be a mess in the family there will be a mess in our society children will be raped women will be killed when men are not in their position we are in a serious mess We're talking about changing the course of history. Cannot be business as usual. Listen to me. What is it? What are you saying changing the course of history? What does that mean? Bamba, if you are writing down. Changing the course of history simply means tampering or interfering with the process of course and effect. Those of you who have done a bit of science there is what we call the law of cause and effect. And the law of cause and effect states that for every effect there is a definite cause. For every effect there is a definite cause. Let me simplify it for you. Success is a result of something. You don't just wake up and find yourself being successful. There is something that these people have done. So as failure. Riches is the result. Wealth is the result. So is poverty. Poverty is something that has been created. Weight gain is the result. So is weight loss. You can't just 
wake up and say, take on Diabulela. Dilalendu size 15, the Vuga, do size 32. What a miracle. It's not going to happen. It's what we call the law of cause and effect. In a nutshell, beloved, we are a product of our choices not victims of our circumstances. Did you hear what I said? We are a product of our choices, not victims of our circumstances. We are where we are today because of our choices. The leadership that we have in the country, it is because of our choices. We voted for them. We chose them. We said, lead us. You know, when you choose, when you ask hyenas to look after your, 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 your goats, when your goats disappears, don't wonder and say, I, I, I'm a boko, I'm a it is you who actually ask the hyenas to look after your goats. These are the choices we have made. We are a product of our choices. Not a victims of our circumstances. Sometimes we, we apply grace. Not all of them, but we go to and say, God, you're not a lawyer. You're not a be careful. Remember, we are talking about changing the course of history. My time. As I said, I want us to look at some few characters in the Bible. Here is the first character, please, and, and just ask yourself where you belong. Let's take some few qualities of men who changed the course of history. You know, the first man that comes to my mind is a man by the name of Joshua, a God's general. You know, after Israel was liberated from slavery, you know, Israel began to worship foreign gods. But Joshua confronted the situation head on. You know what he said in the book of Joshua, the scripture that we know. He says in verse 15 of chapter 24, If serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourself this day whom you will serve. Here's the man, he's 110 years old. He's confronting the status quo. He said things cannot remain the same. It doesn't matter how many of you have taken the left side. He said I will stand along this side and I'm going to confront the matters. If you want to worship other gods, he says choose today, choose whom you will serve. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We need men, my daughters, for my daughter, as in this season and say as for me and my family we will serve the Lord doesn't matter what other men are saying doesn't matter what other men are doing but a man who will stand and say as for me and my house we will serve the Lord that was the first man and then we pick up a second man in the Bible by the name of Caleb. The bold and brave man. 
You know what I love? At the age of 85, this man refused to settle for anything less than the abundance set before him. He vigorously went to battle to possess the land for generations to come. In Joshua chapter 14 verse 10, the Bible says, so here I am today. This is Caleb. He says, 85 years old. I am still as strong today as the day Moses sent me out. I am just as vigorous to go out to battle now as I was then. He says, give me this mountain. This man, he's 85 years old. When a woman passes by, you want But not this old man. 85 years. He says, I cannot die now. How can I die now while some other things for the next generation are not in place? If he was a South African, we would have told him, you know, Nancy Malia Grand went at the Salon Tule and enjoyed. Maybe they would have given him a plot somewhere, a plot somewhere and said, here is your plot, just sit here and relax. But not Caleb. He said, how can I sit here and relax while there is unfinished business in the kingdom of God? How can I die if I have not paved the way for the next generation? He goes to Joshua. He says, I was 40 years, 45 years ago, but now now I am 85 years old. Listen, I cannot just retire until I take another mountain. Not just for myself, but for the second, for the sake of the next generation. He says, give me that mountain. He said, give me that mountain. And when you read verse 13, it says, oh, verse 14, so, so Horeb has belonged to Caleb up to this moment. It is known as a Horeb, the mountain that was conquered by Caleb. He changed the course of history at the age of 85. Can I give you another one? Because I wanted to take some few points on this man. Here is Nehemiah. Here is Nehemiah. Listen to me. He was a layman. A man with a stable family. And a stable character. A man from a foreign, he was working in a foreign country. And he had a high position. But he left his comfort zone to change the course of history. Nehemiah stood in the gap and rebuilt the walls of Jerusalem. You know, recently I was speaking even to the foreigners in our church. I said, you are in a position of Nehemiah. God has blessed you. I was also speaking to the people of influence. People have been blessed by God. Because it is not easy to stand and challenge the status quo. If your career is doing well. If you are, you are secured. You have a high position. You have been given a high position in a government. How do you challenge the status quo? 
Because that might temper with your benefits. So many people have decided, I'd rather be quiet so that I don't lose my benefits. Other people have forgotten that they came to this land for bread so that they can help where they are coming from. Now they are enjoying the bread in the land. Not with Nehemiah. In the book of Nehemiah chapter 2 verse 1 it says, In the month of Nisan, in the 20th year of king, I cannot pronounce the name of the king. I don't want to embarrass myself. Whatever, you know it. But the Bible says, when, 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 when wine was brought for him, he was a cupbearer, remember. He said, I took the wine and gave it to the king. I had not been said in his presence before. So the king asked me, why does your face look so sad when you are not ill? This can be nothing but sadness of heart. He said, I was very much afraid, but I said to the king, may the king live forever. Why should my face not look sad when the city where my ancestors are buried lies in winds and its gates have been destroyed by fire? position and continue to taste wine and continue to act as if everything it is well with me yet my people yet my family yet my children are in a serious problem how can I enjoy all this benefit and overlook what is happening in my community cannot be business as usual you are not just promoted for that position for yourself. You are not just given that influence just for you to keep it to yourself. All these blessings, all this favor, it is not just for you to keep it to yourself. Matabula, I have not raised you just for yourself. I have not given you these millions just for yourself. How much? How much? I told our board, I said, as soon as come to school, I want to always open the mail and pull it in as the there's no account that will just remain while people are starving. Just, just two weeks ago, we spent a million rand, just a million rand. We said, let's go and give it to the people, you know, of Guazulu Natal. They, 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 they are suffering with the floods and God has blessed us in the midst of COVID. You know, release a million rand, release a million rand. Let's go and bless those people. Just last year, Pastor, because I'm not boasting, God made us to build rather right about 19 houses for the death he gave us money and we're able to bless them in the middle of COVID because when God blesses you, he blesses you for a reason, not just to keep it to yourself so that you can make a difference in the, in the lives of people. You need to ask yourself, why are you so blessed? In the midst of COVID and you are the only one who is prospering in this season.
Do you think it's a coincidence? God has raised you for such a time as this. And we understand our mandate. We understand our assignment. That hope restoration, God has raised us for such a time as this. As long as we receive, we receive these benefits. As we receive this benefit, one man came, we just released a million. One man came in the same month. He says, here is my million rent. God said, I must just come and give this million. And he came back as well. He said, would you please just build something, something that can, can actually generate funds for these people. As I speak, Pastor Jay, we, we, we are in a process of building a bakery. We are building a bakery as a church because we want, we want to make sure that those who cannot afford bread in this season, we're going to give them bread. We're going to give them bread. We can sell the bread at the low cost, but at the same time, we offer bread to people. And God also spoke us and said, not bread alone. We, we, we are securing a farm, you know, where we're going to have uh, uh, chickens that are going to lay eggs. We just want to deliver a bread and, and, and eggs to the people who cannot eat at this moment. Let them know that Jesus he is the bread of life. Let them know that the church of Jesus, we are raised to be the Josephs of our day. We are raised to be the Josephs. Who knows that man, God has called you to be Joseph. It cannot be a business as usual. Can't be a business as usual. Let's bring some ladies a little bit. Let's accommodate ladies a little bit. Just one, one person. You know, ladies, there's a woman in the Bible by the name of Jacobet. This was the mother of Moses. Mother of Moses. When the Egyptian king gave a command for the babies to be killed. Jacobet refused to abort God's mission. She came up with a plan to change the course of history. Now, the story, it's in the book of Exodus chapter 2. We are including you ladies here. Now, in Exodus chapter 2, listen to these verses. It says, now a man of the tribe of, of Levi Married a Levite woman. From the type of Levite. Married who? Levite woman. And she became pregnant and gave birth to a son. Listen what it says. It says, when she saw that he was a fine child. A special child. One translation says, a special child. She hid him for three months. This is a woman who has an eye to say, this is not just an ordinary boy. This is not just an odd. We don't, we don't hear anything about the father here, but we hear about the mother who changed the course of event. And the Bible says when she could, she could hide him no more, no longer, she got a, a papyrus bucket for him and coated it with tar and pitch. Then she placed the child in it and put it among the reeds along the bank of the Nile. You remember the story? And his sister stood at the distance, this is Miriam, stood at the distance to see what would happen to his brother. Then Pharaoh's daughter went down to the Nile to, to bath, and her attendants were walking along the river bank. She saw the basket among the reeds and sent her female slave to get it. She opened it and saw the baby. He was crying, and she felt sorry for him. This is one of the Hebrew babies, she said. 
Then his sister Miriam was standing at the distance. As Pharaoh's daughter, shall I go and get one of the Hebrew women to nurse the baby for you? Smart girl. Smart girl. Smart woman. Smart woman. Smart woman. Yes, go, she answered. So the girl went and got the baby's mother. Pharaoh's daughter said to her, take this baby and nurse him for me. And I will pay you. You see, Ngulunguru was going the project. And take the money from the devil's account and, and finance his kingdom. God is a, he's, he's a good God. But all that he wants, he wants women with understanding. So the woman took the baby and nursed him. I want you to underline the word nest him here. Because that is the key word. She nursed him. When the child grew older, she took, she took him to Pharaoh's daughter and he became her son. Sure. He became her son and she named him Moses. She was too late already. Doesn't matter the name that you give to this boy. I don't know how old was Moses when she brought him back to Pharaoh's daughter. You know, Muslims, they say this statement. Give me the child until he is seven. And he is mine forever. Did you hear what I said, Basalwa? They said, give me the baby for seven years. And after seven years, I can bring them back to you. But I know that that child, it is mine forever. This is what Jacob had did. She knew that this boy, he's a special son. And he has been given a favor, maybe of seven years, to look after this baby. And she said, for me to change the course of event, I must utilize these seven years. I must make sure that I change, I change the, the hard drive. I put the hard drive, you know, with God's stuff in the inside. It doesn't matter even if this boy, he is received in the, in the kingdom of Pharaoh. But the matter, it is not the environment. The matter is about what is in the inside. She said, for the next seven years, I will make sure I build this boy. Changing the course of history. And the Bible says she took this baby. She was a little baby. She brought him back as a son and said, Tata. But everything was done. Let me ask you this question How many of us are so confident that in the first seven years of our children, when we are raising them, when we take them to a teacher, when we take them to primary school and we hand them over to a teacher and we say, teacher, look after them and we know for sure that there is nothing that's going to happen with them. I have played my part as a father. How many of us release our children to high school and say, say, here is my boy, here is my son. I know I have done my role. Take care of them. How many of us can say, I can release my son to university and say, it doesn't matter the environment. I know the environment is not going to influence them. This is where we have dropped the ball. Who is teaching your children? Who is looking after your children? Go crash. 
Do you know the curriculum of that school? You know what is it that they are teaching them? You know the hard drive that they are putting into their system? I said, Jay, it cannot be a business as usual. This should be the role of the church. If we're going to have maximized men, we need to make sure we build schools. We build Christian schools. We build institutions. We are going to develop our church. They are going to develop the lives of our children. Pastor, Pastor Ruby, a crash is needed now. Like never before. A crash is needed now. That's going to go to grade zero, grow to grade one, up to high school. This is war, Bazalwane. Our children are taught by the devils. Our children are taught by people who do not know God. And they've got an agenda. Obviously, not all teachers don't get offended. I'm saying, you know what I'm talking about. Angazi like the bear. The lessons must be stopped. And the whole class must stop. And I'm asking myself, why in black schools? Why in black schools? Why in public schools? Sabana matuasa nangaga. Ba pabalunga batuasa. Kutuasa bantuana betu. They are becoming sangoma. Why we don't see white folks and hiyaula eh? But it's only black folks, it's only black children who are in this mess. This is war. My daughter, it cannot be business as usual. My daughter, it cannot be business as usual. Kingdom men, it cannot be business as usual. Businessmen, it cannot be business as usual. That is why if you are in this meeting today and the Lord has blessed you, you must give like never before. You must give like a crazy man because you know that I am advancing the kingdom of God. If you are in this place, you are blessed by God with a skill. Give your skills like never before because this is war. This is battle. We need to make sure we preserve the next generation. Posterity. But Jacobet, she played her part. She said, Pharaoh's daughter, you can take him. Here is the boy now is in the kingdom. One day, he saw a Hebrew boy fighting another Hebrew boy. I have what a Iman, Ians, Walento. You are not supposed to do this. You are a Hebrew and you are a Hebrew. Why do you do that? Stop it. He saw an Egyptian fighting a Hebrew boy. Yet I belong on this side. Whoever is against my people, they are against me. The Bible says he killed the Egyptian. He defended. The Bible says when he saw God's people suffering. As he taught. As he taught. Now he's grown up now. Moses, a stuttering leader with a short temper. When he came to maturity, he made a crucial decision that changed the course of history. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 24 
Little by faith, Moses, when he had grown up, he refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than to enjoy the flirting pleasures of sin. He regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater value than the treasures of Egypt. Because he was looking ahead to his reward. History makers, people who want to change the course of event. It doesn't matter what is surrounding them. You know, when Moses, when Moses was saying no to the same name of Pharaoh, he was not just saying no to the same name. He was saying no to the riches. He was saying no to the fame. He was saying no to all this thing. He said, no, 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 no. I am choosing to suffer with the people of God because already the hard drive was in the inside, godly hard drive. But we have a responsibility. Parents, we have a responsibility. We cannot neglect our children now. We cannot neglect parenting. We cannot rely on our teachers. If your children are in a public school, I'm not saying remove them, but I'm saying think twice. When they come back home, you need to make sure you find out, you clean the process, you clean the hard drive. When they come back home, you need to make sure it is your role and your responsibility. They must sit here, they must sit here, find out how was your day. What is it that they taught you? I've got twins who are 14 years old. They only got their phones three months ago, age 14. This month, we took their phones away. I said, I cannot finance corruption. I said, I cannot finance for you to be corrupted. We made an agreement. I said, you know the code of my phone. I need to know the code of your phone. I love you. I will. I said, now you took the land, you want to take my son. I said, never. I said, who is this boy? Who is this? I'm trying to listen to the voice. Not, you are so kind. Nzako. Nzako. I said, we stop this nonsense now. You are only 14. You're going to call this girl right now. In, in our presence. You're going to tell her that you are only 14. You have come to that school to learn. Not Mchol. Call, call him, my boy. What is her name again? You don't remember the name. And she said, uh, 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 so Taylor. Taylor, I'm here with my parents. They, they, they say, I must tell you that I'm too young. This thing must come to an end today. So, yes. I'm not going to finance you to be corrupt. I said, we made an agreement. We made an agreement. Now, I know you love rugby. So, how should I punish you? 
She says, Papa, take this phone for now. Take this phone, but I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. You might call me a hard father. This world that we are living in wants to destroy our children. I'm a parent. It's about history. It's about the course of history. They are my children. They cannot put any picture on the wall without my agreement. Even in their bedroom, they cannot put any picture on the wall. Who is this person, half-naked woman in my house? What is the spirit behind this woman? Some of you, you allow your children to put the photos as a Lady Gaga. You don't even know what is it that they are worshipping. And then here you are in, a, in, in, in the name of a, a modern father and a modern parent. I want to know. So I'm a table, I'm a TV, a camera. I don't have a TV in my bedroom. They also don't have TVs in their bedrooms. Eight o'clock, all of us, we put phones away. I cannot allow my boys who are 13, 14 to go into their rooms with their cell phones, with the data in the house. The devil is after your children, sir. Maximize your manhood. Maximize your fatherhood. Be a father in this family. Be a father. Take your responsibility. At night, 12 o'clock, wake up. Go to the rooms and check if everything is still in order. If they are asleep, you pray for them. You speak a blessing. You bind the devil. You stand against the evil forces because the devil is after your children. He is after your children. He is after your children. Noah was a father, a carpenter who obeyed God even when God didn't make sense. But he changed the status quo. He changed the course of history by preserving lives. When you read Genesis chapter 7, it says, and Noah and his wife, Bamba, Noah and his wife, with his sons and their wives, entered the ark to escape the waters of the flood. Verse 8 says, the animals, the birds, and everything that crawls along the ground came to Noah to enter the ark, two by two, male and female. 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 Abanantebe. The Bible says, as God commanded Noah, the lion came in with Mrs. Lion. They jumped in. The cheetah 
under the command of God, presented themselves to Noah. They jumped into the ark. Hallelujah. The elephant came with Mrs. Ellie. Because now petties in Zinzima in the inside. You don't rush. If you know who you are, you don't rush. The ark is open and the doors are open. Even if I go slowly, the doors will never be closed because I'm in the command of God. Elephant came slowly. The toy toys came in. Under the command of God. But it's under the commandment of God. Under the commandment of God. What is my point here? My point is, it's not about speed. To make history, it is not about speed. It's about you understanding who you are. It's about you understanding your assignment. I may not be fast, but I'm going to follow. I'm going to follow the principles of God. Others are faster in the kingdom. Others, they, they reach their destiny so fast. But let me tell you, I will take my pace slowly, slowly. I will reach the ark of God. I will even if it is four hours later. But here is something, Pastor Jay, that, that troubles my heart. When you read chapter 8, verse 15, it says, Then God said to Noah, Come out of the ark, you and your wife and your sons and their wives. Bring out every kind of living creatures that is with you, the birds, the animal, and all creatures that move along the ground. He says, So they can multiply on the earth and be fruitful and increase in number on it. And the beauty of that is that Noah gave a sacrifice to the Lord. So it tells you that these animals were also productive inside. The lion, it tells you that it did not eat any animal because it was under the assignment how I wish the church of Jesus will understand that the enemy is not those who are in the ark. Even if you have an appetite of a lion, you put your appetite aside for the sake of the next generation, for the sake of posterity. I'm not going to consume what is not supposed to be consumed. I will preserve what is in the ark for the sake of the next channel. That is a sermon for another day. Bamba my point in point. Qualities of history makers. I'm just giving them to you quickly. And then we close. How do you make history? Number one. History makers, number one, they are strong in their faith. Did you hear what I said? They are strong in their faith. Number two, 
they are burdened. Banumtwalo. Banumtwalo. Banumtwalo balale psugu. Kunente badlaye bajaye psugu balale. They have a burden. Number three, they refuse the status quo. They refuse. They say no to the, the current situation. Number four, they have a sense of agency. Number five, they think future. Number six, they give up immediate gratification for permanent impact. Number seven, they are not afraid to stand alone. Number eight, they are not afraid to break boundaries. Number nine, they are risk takers. Number ten, they are selfless. Did you grab those? You want me to repeat them quickly before we close? Number one, they are strong in their faith. Number two, they are burdened, manum tuado, an obligation. Number three, they refuse the status quo. Number four, they have a sense of agency. Number five, they think future. Number six, they give up immediate gratification for permanent impact. Number seven, they are not afraid to stand alone. Number eight, they are not afraid to break boundaries. Number nine, they are risk takers. Number ten, they are selfless. I gave the guys there the back. Maybe they'll project it later on. Would you please stand on your feet? Here is another statement as we close. If you don't create the life you want, eventually your children will be forced to deal with the life you didn't want. Can I say that again? If you don't create the life you want right now, eventually, when you are gone, your children will be forced to deal with the life you didn't want. That is why you need to maximize your manhood. You are here for a reason. You are here for your purpose. You survived COVID for a reason, not just to decorate this place. You are a survivor and for a reason. Here is the question. Why should God give you another 10 years? Why should God trust you with another 10 years of life? If the angel of God can come here tonight and ask you a question, why should I give you another five years of life? What would be your answer? My answer is so that I can make a difference. I want to be a good father. I want to be a good pastor. 
I want to be a good community leader. I want to make a difference in my community. And I don't apologize to say I want to make a life of a black man better. I'm not going to apologize about that. I'm not going to apologize. What is it that we have done? What is it that we have done? Recently I went to Cape Town and I look at our colored brothers and our black brothers on the street. With so much wealth in this country. I said, Lord, what is it that we have done? Want to be a good father. Want to be a good husband. Want to be a good leader in my community. Want to change the status quo. I want to change history. Things cannot remain as they are. Remember the definition of changing the course of history. Is interfering with the process. There are processes that are in place. Somebody has to interfere with that process so that we can have a better history. Can I say this, Pastor Jay? Yes, I close. It is troubling me. When I wake up in the morning, the first thing that I do, I take my toothbrush and my toothpaste. I wash, brush my teeth. And the question that comes to my mind, whose product is this? And thereafter, I go to my shower. I use a soap and a piece of cloth. I'm asking myself, who is the owner of this company, of this soap, whatever the soap that we are using? I put a Vaselina on. I'm still asking myself, who is the manufacturer and who is the owner? And thereafter, I go for a breakfast. Take that bread. Take those eggs. I'm asking myself, who is the owner? I wear the clothes. I'm asking myself, the underwear, the profit. The clothes, the Louis Vuitton. I get into the car. Who is benefiting in this car? I go to work. Lunch time. The lunch that I'm eating. Who is benefiting in that lunch? Come back home. The supper. Even the bab that we are eating. We can't even manufacture. All that we do, we are just consumers. Maximizing your manhood. Businessmen. Black men. We need to interfere with the process. Somebody has to mess up with this process not just for ourselves for the sake of the next generation. What are you going to leave behind? I said, Lord, count me in. It cannot be business as usual. 
as a businessman. I want to change this thing. It cannot be the same. It cannot. It can't be. It can't be. Doctor Kulumanawe. We need our own hospitals. We need our own schools. We need our own universities. We're going to temper. We're going to temper. We're going to temper with the process. We're going to temper with the process. It cannot be business as usual. It cannot. It cannot be business as usual. Never, 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 never. May the Lord change your thinking. May the Lord change your thinking. Lima, come on, daughter, raise your head and begin to say, Lord, count me in, count me in, count me in, count me in, count me in.